0: Episode 763 for November 2022. And you're listening to the Spider-Man Crawl Space Podcast, and I'm your host, Brad Douglas. That opening song is from Saxplaned, is the user uh, on YouTube that uh, is giving a tutorial how to play the Spider-Man theme song on saxophone, which, did you know, I used to play the tenor sax and the Barry sax back in the day uh, in high school? Well, you never probably asked, and you probably never wanted to know, but anyway... Uh, before we get to the episode, I want to thank people on our Patreon page that made it possible for you to listen to it. They support us each and every month and help me pay the bills and they get some nice perks such as, uh, exclusive episodes, early release episodes, swag, like t-shirts, stickers, uh, a discord channel exclusively for them. So patreon.com slash crawlspace is the address. I'd like you to check it out. It's a lot of fun. All right, let's get on with our interview. Hey, Crawl Spacers, welcome to a special episode where you've got an author on this episode. Uh, he wrote a new book called Spider-Man, Web Slinger, Hero and Icon. So let's introduce our guest. We've got Rich, Rich Johnson. Welcome, Rich. Welcome Thanks, to the show. Joe. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm very good. Well, you've got a very, very heavy coffee table book. We're going to talk about this Yeah, uh, new book you put out. As I said, you can kill a man with that book. It's, you can, it's pretty heavy. It, it works as a history book and a weapon. If you would. Yeah. <laughs> oh, by the way, love the back cover too. the Dell auto art is just yeah, beautiful. It's, it's gorgeous. It
1: just is gorgeous.
0: beautiful. So talk a bit about this book. How did this book come about for you? Well, let me give you my background a little bit. Sort of explain okay. it. And let me
1: just, you know, state right off the bat. You guys are the Spider-Man experts, not me. Okay. I mean, clearly from behind you, you know, you're. You're you're neck deep in Spider-Man.
0: You don't have the underoos behind you like
1: I do. <laughs> uh, maybe they're on. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna divulge that. <laughs> so um, my background is, you know, I read comics as a kid. I kind of got out of it, you know, in high school and college. I got back in because I'm old. in In 1986, when Frank Miller's Dark Knight Returns came came out, right. and I was like, you know, what is this thing? Um, in 1997, I. Got a job at DC Comics to be National Accounts Manager, which meant I was to sell graphic novels into anything that wasn't a comic shop, Okay. which meant bookstores, libraries, um, international sales a little bit. Um, I set up the first distribution deal in Canada for DC Comics for bookstores. And back in 1997, there was no graphic novel section in bookstores or libraries. Right. It was usually, you know, four or five books jammed in at the end of the science fiction fantasy section. Yep. And those books were usually Watchmen, Dark Knight Returns, maybe a Star Wars or Star Trek graphic novel, maybe one of the Marvel Essentials, and that was it. Um and I, I I I got beaten up a lot for it. Um I would go my first my very first sales call for for DC was with a major buyer at a major bookstore chain, and the first sentence out of their mouth was Graphic novels are dead. Wow. Okay. But they kind of weren't wrong at the time. I mean, right. you know, they've sprung up in bookstores over the years, Helter Skelter, like Dark Knight and Watchmen, a little bit of Sandman from Neil Gaiman. Mouse made a big, big impact when I right. did the you know Times bestseller list, doing the Pulitzer. But, you know, my job was to try to find not the Wednesday warrior who's going to the comic shops, but the more casual consumer, kind of like me at the time. You know, I I did shop comic book shops, but, you know, it was the the person who was a lapsed reader or maybe a new reader who Mm -hmm. might want to get into comics without devoting, you know, a lot of money and going there every every Wednesday to pick up the single Mm -hmm. issues. They just want a good story about one of their favorite superheroes. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of my mission. Um, And that's partly why I'm doing these books because these books are really, the purpose of these—they're not deep histories, they're not encyclopedias. Mm-hmm. The real purpose is to get new readers. I mean, if you walk into a bookstore, or comic shop, and you're—you've you, just seen the latest Spider-Man movie or the latest Captain America or whatever else. Right. You know, there's a wall of books there, and you're like, where do I begin?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: How do I start this? I want to read this stuff, but I have no idea. And sometimes with continuity for both Marvel and DC it can be kind of confusing to jump in.
0: So what 60, is, 60 years of history. It's a, it's a hard, hard to get in 60 is. years about in front of you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's not like a movie like, you know, Twilight or even Watchmen where there's one book that's the source material. You can pick that up and read it and enjoy it.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: So it's, you know, it's, 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 it's a tough way to enter in with all the continuities. So the book is set up for instance, the Captain America book, which was first, Right. the idea was, um, I spoke to the editor Jessica Fuller at, at Risoli, and she was looking for a writer, and I had a few people in mind. And she goes, "Well, would you like to write these?" I'm like, "Well, sure." Then she said, "Would you like to write all five of them?" I'm like, oh, "Okay." So we're going to do five. Okay. The first two are out: Captain America and Spider Man. Have,
0: have we? Have you announced the one after the Hulk? The Hulk's coming out next after we Spider Man. We have not.
1: Okay. We have not. Yeah. Um, so you know, my idea for the book was how do you help people enter this world? How do you give them a sort of a leg up in what to read? So the idea was to divide them up by the level of knowledge you need to know about that character in order to really understand the story. Right. So for Captain America, we did it by military levels because that just made sense. Right. You know, it was private corporal sergeant and captain. So mm-hmm. at the private level, you need to know nothing about Captain America. They're like the origin stories then as you, as you get higher to the captain level, the more continuity you're going to need to know. Right. So my job, much like what I had to do when I was a sales rep for DC, was when you, when you sit in front of a buyer, like when Borders is around or Barnes & Noble, mm-hmm. my job is to very briefly describe the story to them and try to entice them to buy the book. Um, sometimes you're lucky and the buyer will have a knowledge of graphic novels. Sometimes, in the, particularly in the early days, they had no idea what comics were and they kind of had to trust me to guide them along. So I had to give them a reason why they should buy these things.
0: Well, you can't argue with the brand recognition of Batman or Superman or Spider-Man on the shelf. I mean, that probably helped a bit. I would think it it, it did. Yeah. But even
1: then the the mere format of comics had been tried before, you know, in the mid eighties, dark Knight returns came out I remember I was at Walden Books at the time. They did sort of a pleather version of the complete Frank Miller. And DC had a deal with Warner Brothers. And they just didn't sell that well. Dark Knight Mm -hmm. sold like crazy. you know. Watchmen sold like crazy. But then nothing else seemed to work. Mm -hmm. So it was sort of a slow going there. And my job was, wherever I went, was to find the geek. If the buyer didn't know anything about comics, I had to find somebody in the building who did to prove to them that the collected editions, the hardcovers, and the trades had an audience.
0: And you said this was in the late 90s, right? So Late 90s, starting in and, 1997. And, and what year did it just jump? The slow build built up and boomed. It built up. Um, a
1: lot of things happened. Um, oh. Like a. There, there were times when I sort of had to help manipulate who was buying them hmm. at retail. At Walden Books, You remember that old chain with the mall stores? And, and
0: we had one in the mall, yep. I miss yep. it.
1: Uh, I do, too. Yeah. Um, the We were being bought by the magazine buyer because we had that old spinner rack. You know, DC had so many pockets. Marvel had so many pockets. And uh-huh. I had four pockets for graphic novels, and that was it. Oh, wow. And the buyer told me, well, the new Star Wars movie's coming out, so we're going to devote the entire rack to Star Wars. I'm like, the pockets that I own? but <laughs> I'm supposed to put, like, anything I want in there? So I kind of convinced a book buyer to pick up the category, an old friend of mine named Stu carter um it was a slow build it it, it built over the years librarians honestly were quicker to pick up on it than retailers you know they really got into graphic novels because they learned that two things one it was good for reluctant readers two there were some of the highest circulated books in the library and that's how you determine the success of a book in a library it's how many times it's checked checked out out. Yeah. yeah yeah um one, I remember at one library convention, people were complaining about the binding. And the, the bindings were just like any other trade paperback.
0: Right.
1: But they said they were falling apart. And one librarian said, check out how many times they're taken out. They're just <laughs> getting read to death. <laughs> because what I do is I put a, a, I hole punch them. I put a ring binder through and I call them pierced books. And kids can still read them. Well, there you go. Yeah. So it kind of accumulated and came to a head in 2003 for me when we did *Sam and the Nights. Hmm. And it hit the New York Times bestseller list. That's awesome. That's awesome. Which was cool, yeah.
0: Well, it, back in the no- late '90s, was there a manga section also? Because no. Okay, um, so that that kind no. of off-spurred, Because I, I uh, a couple weeks ago, I was in Barnes and Noble, and by the way, your book is in Barnes and Noble in, in Fayetteville, Arkansas. I saw it. <laughs> but um, all that aisle, getting down to where the graphic novels and the manga, because they were back to back. Yeah. It, it was shoulder to shoulder and the other aisles of the mystery and the uh, romance, et cetera, was not packed. I just was like, well, I've got to wait my turn to get down this aisle. So it 2022.
1: That, that started <laughs> in the early two thousands when yeah. a couple things happened. One was when a guy named Jim Killen became the buyer for graphic novels at Barnes and Noble. Uh-huh. And a guy named Kurt Hassler became the buyer for board, for first Walden and then borders and both of them. Yeah. Okay. Um, Kurt was a really big manga fan. Um, as a matter of fact, he and I co-founded the imprint, Yen Press. Mm-hmm. Um, back in the two thousands, manga became very big cause Kurt was a big fan. Jim was a big fan and they sort of pushed into the stores and teenagers bought it. But then right around the time we started Yen Press, it sort of dropped really hard and really fast. It went from, I think a 70 odd million dollar business to like 35 million. Wow. Um, I think it was a little bit cyclical, but now it's back and it's back with a vengeance. It is. Especially it's in, huge.
0: Yeah, no doubt. It's just huge. Um, so you convincing the, the librarians and convincing the book buyers for those borders and books a million, et cetera, that's the key. And once you convince them, let, let's let start printing they money. Had to sell.
1: <laughs> yeah, they, they had, to, had sell. to sell. Yeah. So yeah. we did things like, uh, you, you won't be able to see the poster here, but, you know, there used to be a show called Book Expo. It yeah. was an industry show where um, all the major publishers had booths, kind of like an industry version of, of Comic Con, right? But without fans, it's
0: all okay. industry. So, oh, okay. so, so, the book buyers who stocked the stores, yeah, retailers that's where came, they, they order. Yeah. book
1: bookstores, librarians came. Right. Sometimes the chain buyers would come from Barnes and Noble or Borders or Amazon or wherever. So we had a booth there, and it, I grew the booth to be over a 1,000 square feet. It was just this massive booth because I wanted to prove to the industry, the book industry, that comics, graphic novels, were a valid form of literature. Yep. That there are fans out there who want to read them. So, you know, we would have Frank Miller signing at the booth. We'd had um, Mm -hmm. Alex Ross. Um, We had Jill Thompson, Brian Azzarello. You know, we made a big deal out of it. Um, there was an event in New York called New York' is Book Country where I kind of took it over. They usually do only one poster a year and I was convinced they would do another one. and we had this great Jim Lee poster of Superman and Batman swinging through the streets of New York. So we were t- I was trying to establish us as a as an entity in the publishing world too.
0: yeah. Well, it worked. it did.. <laughs> So let's yeah. talk about, we talked about your history with comics, et cetera. Talk about Spider-Man. What was your first introduction to Spider-Man? Where did you first see him?
1: I was a kid. Yeah. You know, how Is I was an electric evolved.
0: company like me on PBS. That's where I, I, I'm, I first I'm a it.
1: wee bit older than you, Brad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you no, know, I, I was a little kid in the 1960s. Yep. Um, I would get my allowance and across from my grade school, there was like a, a mom and pop grocery store and they had, you know, stacks of comics just lined up on the bottom shelf so kids could look at it and I'd Mm -hmm. use my allowance and just buy a ton of comics. You know, I'd buy Batman and Superman and justice league and Spider-Man and um, fantastic four. And um, I used to love pretending I was Sergeant Fury, you know, I'd get (laughs) the pretzel cigar and bite one end off and pretend it was a cigar. So that was my introduction. Go home and watch the the 67
0: cartoon also with that theme song. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. The
1: theme song is still in my head.
0: It's on loop in mine. I know. <laughs> yeah. Let's get, uh, let's take a look inside of the book. You can buy it on Amazon right now. The, the book is called webslinger uh, web slinger hero and icon uh, on all your books, hero and icon. Is this what, that what you call all these books, the hero and icon series or.
1: Yeah. So that's sort of the branding for them. Yeah. yeah.
0: There you go. So we're going to take a look inside the book. So let me um, go back to here. We've got some preview art inside the book. Uh, beautiful looking cover. You've got yeah. some uh, Ditko back here, and uh, beautiful. And cover. the book is designed by a woman named Maria
1: Cabardo. Okay. Um, Maria worked years ago at DC Comics. Mm-hmm. She actually packaged the first Halo graphic novel for Marvel. Oh, nice. She's immensely talented, and the books are just are just gorgeous.
0: Yeah, that's what I was going to talk about. So it's just one woman that did all this. That's a lot. Yeah. What ha- the process is? Yeah. Um, I have
1: access to. Um, Marvel Unlimited on my iPad. Right. So I go through and I take screenshots of the art I like. Uh And I pull a lot of art. We send it out to Marvel. They give us the files for it. And we divide it up by, you know, story. And then Uh Maria just picks what she wants. Yep. And lays it out. You know, we get feedback from Marvel and and, and Disney about it. You know, like maybe change this image or swap this out or do whatever. Like Uh, this kind of stuff is
0: just... Beautiful with the webs behind it. And w- yeah. we can talk about the different chapters. You, you took 60 years of Spider-Man history and divided it into four chapters. It's not a history book that you said, though. It's, no, it's, it's not. We, we yeah.
1: wanted to avoid that. You know, mm-hmm. Marvel does a lot of other books with a lot of other great publishers. You know, like DK does a lot of encyclopedias yeah. and books about Spider-Man and all the other Marvel characters. So we wanted to take a different approach and really focus on mm-hmm. what are the stories about? And what is the art behind the stories? Right. Um, so what I do is I give, you know, four or five, 600 word descriptions where I try not to tell too much about the story, but just enough to make you want to read it. Right. And then the beautiful art surrounding it hopefully will bring you in more.
0: So chapter one, friendly neighborhood, talking about his first appearances and yep. also you do have that beautiful uh, Tim Sale who just passed away, Spider-Man Blue and Jeff. Yeah. Yeah. If
1: if you're not a Tim Sale fan, if you don't know him, please look him up. Yeah. Um, He's he was always one of my favorite artists. Yeah. I think what he and Loeb did for, for DC and for Marvel are both are there seems to be like a weight to it, an importance to what they do. Right. And their art style is sort of old school but fresh.
0: Right. You know what I mean? And then chapter two is called Amazing, where you take a look at the Gwen Stacy, Death right. of Gene DeWolf, Craven, the clone saga. The Hobgoblin, McFarlane's Torment, and uh, some spider variants of Miles Morales' Noir, The Birth of Venom, Maximum Carnage, and Coming Home. And then Chapter uh, Neighborhood Watch is a a bunch of pictures of, I guess it was production stills or what what was it from the movies? Those are
1: production art art pieces from the MCU. So the purpose of those, when we have a little section in each of the books where we're Mm -hmm. trying to show how the MCU really use these comics as a, as a resource yeah. and how some of the panels even sort of mirror what's on the screen
0: and what's drawn. I love that it's Todd McFarlane stuff. right down there too. Yeah. <laughs> Good looking McFarlane. Uh, chapter three is called spectacular. You take a look at spider Gwen, uh, Dan slots, big time and spider verse and worldwide. And then back to basics by um, Nick Spencer and down in among the Dead, The Venomous, and The Last Stand. And one of my personal favorites, Spider-Ham. <laughs> and then you go to The Ultimates uh, is Chapter 4. Uh, not just Ultimate Spider-Man, but you do Black Bag and Black, which led up the Civil War. And the end of the marriage with One More Day and Brand New Day. Parker Luck, My Worst Enemy, The Clone Conspiracy, Spider-Geddon, and The Ultimate Death of Spider-Man. You wrap it up with. I guess... Why not end with the death? Of course, that kind of made sense. Yeah, it does. Yeah, so we
1: we'll take and th- how we yeah. picked the stories. You know, we looked on. I looked online. Like, mm-hmm. what did the fans like? You know, what right. are sites saying are the best Spider-Man stories? And right. then I went off and looked at my own. And there's some things I knew I wanted to put in regardless, like right. the Tim Tale piece. I really yep. wanted Spider-Man Blue in there. And then we presented to the editors at Marvel. You know, they say, "Yeah, this one. How about this one instead?" Or we kind of go back and forth a
0: little bit on it. And you said the designer is Maria. Is that her name? Yeah. Maria Cabardo. Yep. There's her title right there. And actually um, the name above that.
1: Go okay. back. One sec.
0: Yep. Um, Elise Johnson. Uh-huh. My daughter. Oh, so this is a father daughter deal. She works at, she works at Rizzoli. Oh, that's so cool. Is it, well, if she's your editorial assistant, did she, you have to take notes from your daughter? Is that how that works? Because I do it every sure. day.
1: <laughs> sure I did. And she's like, actually, Dad, my, you're I, dad, you're too wordy. <laughs> or whatever. Well, and my wife is a copy editor and she copy edited these books. So oh, that's cool. You know, it was a you know, a little bit from both of them, like, you know, honey, you could have done <laughs> a little bit better on that essay. Why don't you go back and rewrite it? Oh, that's funny. Yeah. And Ellie's more like daddy in a schedule. <laughs> she hits but you then, on the deadline. Be, yeah. Uh, yeah, the Xbox controller down and go go, go do some writing.
0: Um, I in your introduction, the line that I really like because you talk about how Spider-Man is us. He and is the, the the sentence even with all the quote even with all the power and responsibility that Spider-Man carries, we'd be willing to suffer that spider bite, wouldn't we? I I like that line. I thought that was really well Thank written, you. and it's true. Uh, you'd have to lose your uncle, but that spider bite's worth it for what all the adventures you'd have. I talk about that line specific. I love that. Well, actually, line. the assumption at the end is, wouldn't we? Yeah. Maybe. Oh, okay. for me,
1: there's, you know, it, for me, there's a question there because, you know, with great power comes great responsibility and, and he has to sacrifice a lot to do what he does. Right. You know, at the very beginning, he sacrificed his uncle by not acting on that. You know, the, the, one of my favorite stories, um, One More Day, um, which I think is just hugely emotional. And I do think at the heart of it, um, I think Spider-Man are kind of romance comics. They're relationship oh, yeah. comics. Yep. Because it really is about, you know, the people he loves and protecting them and making sure they're okay
0: and not putting them in danger. Um, that was probably Stan's intent by hiring John Romita, who used to draw romance comics. Yeah, because you can't exactly. beat the look of I Mary Jane and Gwen Stacy. I mean, they're, they're straight out of those romance comics. I did. I never put two and two together, but you're right. Yeah, yeah they're, uh, big part. Romita's girls are so much more attractive than Ditko's, with all respect to Ditko's. But <laughs> you can't beat Mary Jane. <laughs> well, and also,
1: I really, I really do love the way Tim Sale and um, draws both of them.
0: Yes. Yep. Again, great design. It looks like the a little bit of back of the spider emblem behind on this image. Great design. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, there you go. Speak of the. There you go. You got Tim sales art right there. Uh, here's a little bit of chapter one, some ultimate Spider-Man, Brian, Michael Bendis and Mark Bagley on art and uh, on writing. Comics. And the other amazing
1: yep. thing about Spider-Man was, you know, it only took a couple of years to get all the major villains down.
0: It did. Yes, it did. Um, by about issue 50, when the Kingpin came out, most of them were there. They were there. Didco and Romita
1: was there. Doc Ock yep. was there. I mean, they, they were all there very early on. I mean, you can look at some of the other covers, you know, I think issue four, is that lizard maybe? Um, uh, six, but I they think came lizard, very, very yeah.
0: quickly. Yep. And I, I often, people often comment how a lot of Spider-Man's villains are green. Like Ditko loves green. So there's goblins green, they Doc are. Ock's got green, yep. lizards green, scorpions yep. green. <laughs> There, yep. it was probably the same deal. Like they had the problems with the the Hulk. They wanted them gray, but green is the one that printed well in the sixties. Exactly. <laughs> and I, and the next book coming up is the Hulk. Yeah, that's my second favorite hero. Caps three. I'm looking forward to your Hulk book. We'll have to oh, talk cool, about that. Cool. That'd be fun. Uh, here we go. We got some uh, Amazing Fantasy fifteen here. Uh, some more early images. We've got my the classic split face here which is a Ditko trademark, which I absolutely love. Um, There you go. XU6. Yeah. That's what we're talking about. The lizard. Yep. And the Sandman. Oh, of course, Sandman. Yep. And he's got a green shirt. So there you go. <laughs> keeping shirt. with the green theme. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> and the 2000s, where Marvel was looking, kind of like you were looking for a new market with trades, they were looking for younger readers with Ultimate Spider-Man. What do you think of the Ultimate Spider-Man? Did you like it? Uh, I,
1: I did uh, for parts Some of it. hesitant a little bit, Brad.
0: Yeah, well, there on my website and my podcast, people are very divided. The people over 30 are not as fa- fond of it as uh, the people under. So it hits the mark of grabbing the, the – now that's a 20-year-old book, a 22-year-old book. Yeah. So I started in the 80s, maybe late 70s, reading Spider-Man. So I'm not the demographic for it. But uh, I do enjoy Mark Bagley's art. Uh, there's some things that they did in the books, such as making Gwen Stacy carnage. I don't really dig. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, and I don't really like this goblin. I think he looks like the Hulk. Uh, okay. but, uh, but you know what? It did what it set out to do. It introduced a whole new generation to Spider-Man, which is right. not a bad thing.
1: <clears throat> so. And they did make um, uh, May and Ben a little bit younger. They did. They made them hippies.
0: <laughs> Uncle Ben had a,
1: uh, a man bun. Yeah, a man he
0: had bun. A, yeah. I, I had a man bun, but uh, uh, I, I wish we had a picture. Actually, I don't wish we had a picture of the man bun, <laughs> but uh, but there uh, there. yep. There are we talking about now. Look at that. There we're talking about Mary Jane. You can't beat Tim Sales Mary Jane right there. That looks beautiful. But uh, that that is a twenty year old book now, isn't it? That's so crazy. Yes, it is.
1: And I think they're bringing book. it back into print. I really hope
0: so. Yeah, it it uh, is is a great telling of his love affair with with Gwen Stacy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I
1: know. I won't. I won't name who, but I know a very prominent comic book artist who, when I first got to know him about over twenty years ago, mm-hmm. he told me how the death of Gwen Stacy just ruined his childhood.
0: Yeah. And, and I was emotionally
1: destroyed by it.
0: Oh man. Well, we have we have similar fans that say that about the marriage going away too and which is now 10 plus years Yeah, I'm marrying Jane him uh check out that moped got to love that and more images inside got a great looking alex ross over here i think that's from marvel yeah i love alex
1: i yeah. mean i you know between marvels and you know kingdom <laughs> come and i've yet to read his new fantastic four book
0: I bought it. I got it in the mail the other day. I have not read it, but it looks beautiful. He was going for the Kirby 60s vibe in it with all yeah, the crazy color, colors.
1: The color scheme is sort of almost neon in a way.
0: It is. It's something I've never seen, but that looks so cool. Yeah. And Alex um, is a
1: great guy. He's a nice guy.
0: I've never interviewed him or met him, but he's, I've been a fan since the Marvels. Uh, Death of Gwen Stacy, very big highlight. Spider-Man was 10 years in and he lost the love of his life. So you talk about how that, you say it's a tough time for Peter Parker. His best friend and roommate, Harry, is on drugs. Um, Which was a big thing at the time.
1: Comics were becoming serious in the late 60s, early 70s.
0: And Stan said, let's bypass the comics code. Let's just go ahead and print them. So I thought that was awesome.
1: I was actually at DC right at the end of the Comics Code Authority.
0: Where, Where it went away. Yep. And honestly, do you think any parent looked at that and said, nope, it's not got the seal of approval?
1: You know uh, you know I've given lectures and I've, yep. I've even taught classes about um about comics and I, I think what was horrible about that time was that because of the comics code because of the books is actually the innocent
0: mm-hmm. it
1: really stifled the development of the medium in this country for years yeah um, unlike in other countries like France mm-hmm. where you know comics were an everyday thing I mean you walk into right. a bookstore in France it's there are tons of you know, BDs, Mondesole's there. It's, it's a different world. Right. Um, but do I think the parents actually looked at that? I don't know if they knew what it meant.
0: Yeah, same. I agree. I agree. We've got the jet, the, the death of uh, Mr. Stacy yep. here uh, from the 70s. And one of my favorites, this Peter David, Rich Butler is a classic with this, the death of Gene DeWolf. Love this story. Oh, Did really? You, okay. It it was uh it was one of the first trades I ever bought in the eighties when Marvel put out little thin not not thin but uh, it was a trade I, I have distinct memories of buying that is probably one of my first trades. Um, what, it's been, what what made this story one of your favorites? Well, I it was well the editor uh, wanted the different Spider-Man titles to have a different taste. So, Amazing is the classic Spider Man tale. Webb, he was supposed to be moving around doing pictures for the Bugle. The Spectacular Spider Man was supposed to be the Law and Order, the gritty book. And as a kid, I I was like, whoa, this is kind of cool. I was like 12 or 13 when I read this. Mm -hmm. And I thought, ooh, this is just just gritty. You don't see Spider Man and uh, this violent. And there was a cliffhanger. Yeah, it yeah. was violent and, and uh you didn't see I thought Betty Brandt was dead. I had to wait a month to find out she wasn't at the in one of these chapters. So it was a good cliffhanger. It had an early um, writer by the name of Peter David that was uh showing his early chops and uh just really well done, I thought. and the art is beautiful, <laughs> just well done. So what are some
1: of your other your favorite? Spider-Man stories. Um, Okay. Let me put it this way. Was there, was there a story that I didn't include in the book that you're like, Oh darn, I wish you would have included that.
0: um, Let's see. You, you, my, one of my favorites is ASM 300, which is the birth of venom. I liked that a lot. Oh, there is one. There is one that I, I don't think he had, which was amazing 200, which is the return of the burglar. Uh, that's a, that's, that's a, that's a classic one. I liked a lot, but, um, uh, that's the only one that stood out. I think you hit the high points very well. Uh, but um, yeah, anyway, that was the end of the previews. So we've got a uh, very last preview that they have online for us to see as ends with that one. But then it goes on uh, more talking about uh, the variants like Spider Gwen is when within the last 10 years, you talk a bit about her in mm-hmm. the book and Miles Morales, which my gosh, <laughs> the popularity of him in the last 10 years has just gone through the roof. Did you like the character of Miles? I, I did. Um, I, I I do. I, I actually like the movie's characterization of him more than anything. That film was stunning. The film is beautiful. I've ever seen before. It's visually cool. It's a different take on Spider-Man. And it goes back to the anyone can be behind the mask. Uh, any yeah. race or even sex can be behind the mask, which is, is a, a universal Spider-Man thing. Batman and Superman, you see their face. Uh, yeah. Spider-Man you don't so yeah. a lot of kids relate to that and I think that's cool uh, Maz Morales yeah. I think when they pulled him out of his universe and put him with ours it, it takes a little bit away from it just as a Spider-Fan I, I uh, it m- makes Spider-Man feel a little old in my opinion by having a, 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 a him being a mentor to a young kid hmm.
1: that's just of one of the best Stanley Lee um, cameos Oh yeah, it was very sweet.
0: Gives the gives the kid the the costume. Like, yeah. there you go, kid. No return. <laughs> uh, let's talk what a was bit about movie Spider Man. Well, I, like I said, I'm old school, so Tobey Maguire I think hits up the uh, the most accurate, with the exception of the organic webs coming out of his. his I like uh,
1: that. When I saw yeah. that, I like that because I I just think okay, he got all these other powers, but except the webs. Mm-hmm. he used to make his own webs even as a kid that didn't make sense to me a little bit
0: well if you go by what the spider is it's kind of gross where the webs would come out from they don't want come...
1: to we're gonna stop right there
0: <laughs> now <laughs> i understand right stan probably said well let's just have him come out of his wrists and have him make some <laughs> yeah web shooters but uh toby Maguire, i think is a good spider-man i think they stick closer to the stories i i like tom holland but I don't like him as a sidekick to Iron Man. It just rubs me wrong. Rub, a lot of long time oh, okay. Spider Man fans are not fans of that. But the last movie I thought was great with all the Spider people. You skipped over Andrew Garfield. He's um he has a good Spider Man. He's quick witted, which is a trait I like. Uh Spider Man is not a skateboarder, and he's and he's not that <laughs> he's just not that kid, um, personally.
1: What I liked but, about him is that you know in some iterations he's very lanky, yeah, and sort of spider-like. And Garfield is that yeah, he's much he is. taller than the other two. Yeah. Um, and like you said, he he was a, you know a, a, a wise ass. He yeah. had a
0: lot of quips and stuff. I like that a exactly. lot. Exactly. Who's who's your favorite movie, Spidey?
1: You know, um, what I think it, it's tough. I think it, I think it might be Tom Holland only because. I mean I don't know I remember how how old Toby Maguire was when he when he started in that but he always seems a little bit older. Mm-hmm. I mean Tom Holland was a kid.
0: Yeah. When
1: he started doing it. Yeah. Um and he acted like a kid. Mm-hmm. And I, I really like seeing that progression of him you know even saying things like when he sees Winter Soldiers like you've got a metal arm? Oh that's so cool. You know, <laughs> at, really acting like a kid. That's a teenager learning his chops. Toby Maguire always seemed a little and I think he's great a little older, a little more yeah. mature than certainly Tom Holland was.
0: Well, that, I, I do like that in the second movie, they put him in college. So that, that tied into it. My personal yeah. favorite, I think we've gone to the well of the high school a little bit too much in 60 years. I like the college years where he's been doing it for a few years. So that's why I'm excited for the next Tom Holland. He'll be in college. So he'll have some experience yeah. a little bit. Yeah. So they set that up perfectly.
1: We've I got, uh, By Sam Raimi he was amazing. It's really like this yes. horror movie. Still
0: it still holds oh, up. Still holds up. Oh yeah, it does. It's a great movie uh, it's out really
1: beautifully. Yeah.
0: We, if you'd like to ask Rich some questions or me some questions, feel free in the chat. I think we have your biggest fan called Ultimate Spider Man Plush. He just yells, "Rich."
1: <laughs> I don't know who that is, but <laughs> I don't know. Spider Man uh,
0: He wants to know about the Spider Man and Ren and Steppie co- crossover comic. I don't know if you know. See, anything I don't.
1: About I don't know that. I know nothing about that.
0: They're um. There was one. It was a comic. It was one of Dan Slott who did the uh, big time. It was one of his very first Spider Man uh, stories he ever wrote. So um, I don't know why why you want to talk about that Spider Man plush, but go ahead. (laughs) A couple more questions for you before we move on to the Captain America book. The uh, do you have a soft spot of Spider Man history, or when you're looking through all this, mine is the '80s with the Hobgoblin and Venom. That's my favorite era. You have an era that you liked when you were researching. Uh, yeah, I
1: think this, this, probably my sweet spot is a little, a little bit the '60s, only because that's when I first was introduced to him. Yeah, you know, when he was that skinny kid with the big glasses. Although I really, you know, with, with the way comics have changed and the way the art has changed and the panel progressions and everything else, yeah. you know, reading the more recent issues, I've, I've I really, I really love the run um, where Doc Ock is Spider-Man.
0: Oh, superior! I thought
1: there was yeah. great. I thought was really interesting. Right. Um, so I, I'm I'm really enjoying the
0: modern day stuff um, yep. a lot, honestly. That's awesome. Uh good time to be a comic fan. Uh, any yeah. any uh, when you're doing the research and you're looking through the Marvel Unlimited, anything that popped out at you that you were like, I I didn't know that about Spider-Man. or Something fun or unique that you found?
1: Uh, let me think. Because the the process was you know you know reading it again or for the first time. Uh-huh. And sometimes I have to go back and do some research and do some uh-huh. checking on the internet or go back and read another issue. Like, okay, they, they referenced something here. So right. I have to go back and look at something else. Um, I don't think anything really surprised me or caught me off guard. Uh-huh. Um, no, I don't think so. Okay. I can't think of anything.
0: We've got a question from Matt. He wants to know your favorite animated series of Spidey. The original. 67. I mean, I
1: mean again, that's, that's that kid thing in you, where yeah. you know the theme song goes. It's it's just like you know Captain America too. I mean, I've got that theme song in my head.
0: Oh, Captain America! Yeah, so, this uh, my Wii shield. Yeah, we, weird trivia. He just passed away. Paul Soules was the voice of Spider Man in the '67 cartoon. He was also the the voice actor of the little elf in the Rudolph Red oh, Rudolph he, the Rednose. He, he was, was uh, the. He was Hermy, yeah, the dentist. I, I, I interviewed him before he passed away. He was such a nice man, oh. and he said he has little ornaments on his trees of Hermy the dentist and oh, and Spider Man together. So it's neat. that it's weird to have those two you characters. Want to be a dentist? Yeah. yeah, I Want to be those a dentist? You.
1: Yep. So your I other book. I also really love the the yep. Spider Man video games from Sony. Oh yeah,
0: They're, they they are them, amazing. Try? Yes, I, I, I play them on PlayStation and I, I played the Miles Morales one, which was good. Uh, but I remember in the 80s, the Atari game of the little red pixel and yep. the little green pixel were the Green Goblin and Spidey. And I thought that is the best it's ever going to get.
1: <laughs> well, the very, the very first Marvel yeah. game was the Spider-Man game. It was, it was from Activision. Yeah.
0: Yes. I, yeah. And I, I was so happy to play that in 1982. I thought it was so cool. But I've... Uh, that that latest game is just the best I've ever seen. It's like it's, watching it's a movie.
1: Rend- rendered, you know, the streets of New yep. York. It's like I know that neighborhood. Yep, you know, I live in northern New Jersey, not too far from Manhattan. So, right. it's it, it was a great story. It was um, yep.
0: both of them. Like, I, I agree. A lot. Looking forward to the next one. It's, it's supposed to come out in twenty twenty three. I think so. I think so. Year. Yeah, yeah. So your other book that came out earlier this summer was Captain America, hero, Avenger, hero, and icon. To talk about about this book that came out. You had eighty years to look at for this guy.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and, <laughs> not and, sixty. And it, well, and you know it's interesting how they've because of when he, you know, went missing and came back. It's 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 always interesting interesting to see in the comics like as it ages like how far they how far back they have brought him back. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like in the sixties, it was just like you know twenty years ago. He went disappearing, but when they do other sort of origin stories, it's it's a little bit different. Now, I, reading this, I, I I I have to admit I hadn't read a whole bunch of Captain America, mm-hmm. but I really grew to really really like the character. Um, you know, I remember when the movie was coming out. Much like Superman, they say you know it's a dated character, it's a you know ah shucks kind of character, but. I love the way the movie still made him relevant. They sort of embraced that. Right. That he was this, you know, big nerd from the 1940s. Mm-hmm. And I like in the comics how they made it really from a war comic to a spy comic, yeah. in my mind.
0: Yeah. You know, with with, with Nick Fury. Their, yeah.
1: Yeah. With, with Fury and with everything else. Right. Um, with Hydra, you know, there's still mm-hmm. echoes from the 40s, but I like how they made it really sort of a, a spy game.
0: I hope the farther we get away from world war two and if uh, they never take that aspect away from the character, like make him a Vietnam vet or Gulf war vet, uh, world war two is just something about that character that is so tied. I, yeah, I, hope I actually I never have an that. idea
1: for captain America's story.
0: Okay. I don't mm-hmm. know if I should say it.
1: I haven't pitched it to Marvel yet.
0: Don't pitch um, it. You might lose money. Someone will be watching and steal the idea. I steal the idea. <laughs> um, I've got some images of the book we can look through too and talk about that. Uh, Same designer from the, uh, the Spider-Man book.
1: Maria's doing all of them.
0: Got it. Um, You know what? This isn't showing that I want to show you that I loved. I don't think it showed in the other one with the preview images. When you open the book, the end paper, you've got, got, um, Oh, just hit my mic. I love the spider logos on the front. And when you open the, Cab book you've got all the shields which is really cool looking
1: I'm really glad you like that because I remember when we when we got all these assets from Marvel yeah and I saw that like this wallpaper of it I'm like that has to be the end papers because that yeah. is just so cool
0: I've actually I, ironically I use that as my logo on the back of the broadcast so I've, see, I've got spider logos yeah. behind it so yeah. yeah so that just stood out I, I thought that looked cool but here's some images from inside the book here um, you've got uh, we go. We, you said we divided it like we did Spider-Man: four different chapters. Yep. Private is uh, the Golden Age, so you're back uh, to the very beginnings and the adventures of Captain America: Sentinel of Liberty. I like one. Of, is that the one in the book where you talk about it's like a uh, a buffet or? It's an or, origin story. An origin story. Like one you, of them was a buffet of, spy, of Cap. If, what what you would like? I, that might have been later. Uh,
1: yeah, the the, the adventures of the the Sentinel of Liberty is one where he um. I forget the creative team off the top of my head. I think but it was it,
0: Mark Wade and, and Ron uh Garney.
1: It's a it's a it's an origin story. I love the art. Actually, there are a couple of characters in their villains that were only right. used in that story, and I wish I would
0: have seen more of them. Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. I I got the wrong creative team. That was yeah. something else. But uh yes. And it's a great entryway into yeah. the into the character. And Captain America White again talking about Jeff Loeb and uh Yep. Tim Sale with uh, the, their take also. But this one's not a love story. It's a brother story, isn't it? It's about Cap and, and Bucky together. It is. Yep. Yeah. Because the, uh, the
1: Hulk you, one is a love story too. It's okay. him and Betty.
0: Oh, yeah. They've been Remember dating that? for 60 years and married and yeah. divorced and all that. Uh, you and the hit a, double ones
1: of romance too. The, the, the Daredevil run from Sale and Loeb. Oh,
0: yeah. Yep. With, with Karen Page. Yep. Uh, you hit up the Captain American Falcon Mad Bomb when Jack Kirby returned in the seventies to Marvel, yep. and the next chapter is Corporal Man Without a Country and Nomad, which I like. I like Nomad a lot. Um, Streets of Poison. That I remember reading that in the nineties. That was Captain America saying, "Don't do drugs," but wait, I did drugs <laughs> to
1: get my. <laughs> I, am I, I am because of drugs.
0: I exactly. So that was that was a good story back in the day. Uh, Cap and Falcon's Secret Empire, where Hail Hydra, I like your line in the book you talk about, it crashed the internet. People could not realize that Cap was a Hydra agent. And they used a little bit of that in the movie, too.
1: Yeah, they did, when he whispers in the um, elevator.
0: When he he goes back to the elevator scene, says Hail Hydra. Yeah. Uh, Sentinel of Liberty and Man Out of Time, Operation Rebirth, Life of Bucky Barnes, and Cap and Bucky Old Wounds. And the command center. Is some pictures from the uh, the movies throughout the year, and he gets upgraded to sergeant. And you talk about the strange death of Cap, the death of the Red Skull. That's an '80s classic by um, uh, Mark Gruenwald. I love that Gruenwald. scene where the two old men just punching it out. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: they were old men in the '80s, and the Winter Soldiers is a classic. Just Ed Brubaker did a great job in the. Early to mid 2000s with that, and then Castaway in Dimension Z with some great art by John Romita. I Ramita. really
1: love that one. That's one of yeah. you know that's one of my favorites. I got to admit,
0: uh, John Romita Jr. Uh, and his father are two of my all-time favorite Spider-Man art- artists. So it was great to see and him. It
1: recommend It's just I yep. I really fell in love with that with
0: that story. And Cap uh, by Mr. Coates uh, was yeah. one of the most recent ones that came out. Uh, Cap, the man with no face, and Civil War was a classic Spider-Man story or Cap story and Spider-Man story, for that matter. Yeah, that one was kind of because I
1: could have stuck that almost anywhere.
0: Yes, you yeah. know,
1: it could have been Spider-Man, it could be in you
0: know, an Avengers book,
1: it could be you know, in a ton of different hey, things.
0: Two big things: Cap dies. Spoiler: twenty-year-old spoiler. Cap dies, and and Spider-Man reveals his identity. He, both are yeah. very mo- and yeah, monumental to both characters. Uh, the death of Cap came right after Civil War, and road to reborn, and him coming back, then the Hale Hydro secret empire, and uh, Sam Wilson taking up the mantle, like he did in the movies, and also in the comics yep. a little bit, and that was the most uh, recent miniseries the United States of Captain America with. Yeah, like that was coming out just as I was, we were writing
1: yep. it, and Marvel had to give me this, you know, the the comics as they kind of came out because they weren't on Unlimited
0: yet. And I haven't read that, but I think that's isn't that various like variants of Cap? It's 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 yeah. young kids who are who who are
1: taking up the mantle of Captain America right. because they know what he stands for. Got it. Yep. Yeah. So
0: here's some more. Um, uh, here's your intro, and we've got some more art inside of Cap. Gotta love punching Hitler right in the mouth by Alex yeah, Ross Alex doing yeah his his, uh, his version
1: his, his version of it. Yep. and in the, in the in the script, I do write that um, Captain America went to war with the Nazis before America
0: did. He yes, he did. Yep. Um, then we've got you talk a bit about the Golden Age here, which uh, it's nice to see the two different shields in your preview art. You got the circular yeah. one and the uh, triangular one, and there's some old. It's amazing Marvel has such clear scans of these.
1: Yeah. These, these and books were meant big to be like this on really heavy paper. It's just yeah.
0: gorgeous, gorgeous stuff. And they were meant to be read and thrown away, essentially, or beat up. It's amazing that they survived all these 80 years later.
1: And I have to admit, yeah, I think Captain America is a little bit close to me, too. My, my father-in-law, who we just visited, he's 97 years old, and he's a World War II vet. Right. Um, He got wounded in his very first battle in the Battle of the Bulge. He was getting on a half track. The shell blew up behind him, and he the bayonet went through his chin. Ooh, man, yeah. Um, and I had, I had the privilege of sitting with him and some of his other little band, his own little band of brothers, yeah. a couple of years ago. When he's getting older. They were like getting together. It was really the final time they got together. A couple of them for right. lunch, and they all insisted I stay with them, That's and awesome. so I could hear their war stories, which were incredibly moving. They actually liberated a concentration camp together, the Mauthausen. So I think with Cap, because of the World War II connection, it made it a little more personal
0: for me. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, here is a ad for oh, – an ad for to buy Captain America Comics from the 40s, I'm thinking. Yeah, copyright 1940 down there. Yep. Um, who wants to <laughs> – there's the original Cap punching Hitler in the face right there. Um, so here we go. Then you – this is what you were talking about. I could not yep. – I. Uh cannot I think it's kind of an
1: unforgotten mini-series. It,
0: yes, it I never read it. Um I after reading it, I want to go pick it up after you said it uh you loved it so much. And that's the
1: point of the book right there, Brad.
0: Yeah. Look, you want large, to go the art's beautiful, the art's beautiful gorgeous, and that's crazy. It's that old. <laughs> 1991. I know. <laughs> 30 30-year-old 30 book. Uh this um, is one of the little gems I
1: found. Mm-hmm. In in reading all this stuff, I thought this is really a great story, and I kind of wish they would have continued it, right? Because I said there's some really cool villains in it that I've never seen before. I love the artwork. The writing was was it was great. It was you know a real World War II setting.
0: I, I thought it was great. Is it a bit of the history of Cap going in to sign up for the war, or what? What's the, the a little just- bit? He's he's just become Captain America, um,
1: and, and and Bucky kind of figures out who he is.
0: Okay. And I mean look at the, the even the red skull art is just yeah it looks great. great. Looks great. Uh let's see. There's some more interior art from it. And that looks, looks like it's kind of from the movie. It does. Yeah. That yeah, looks that could it be out. Chris Evans right there. <laughs> yeah. You find a copy, check it out. It's a it's a great story. Yeah. I think it's up on Marvel Unlimited. I subscribe to that song. It is. I'll, it I'll is, check yeah. It out too. Uh more Jeff Loeb Tim Sale. Uh I think this was the last one they wrote, I think
1: because it was and it came yeah. years later and there's a big gap was, between i think some of the
0: issues as i remember it, yes that i don't it was like the fifth or sixth, i remember they released a zero issue and then yes. they released so like, like i think five, for one of the four. cons or something right yeah um i i guess did they started in 20, 2008 and, and they finally yes. finished it <laughs> i told you there was a big gap wow eight years to make that book wow yeah but it was worth it it's another classic it looks great Bucky just hanging out up there <laughs> and more interior art from uh, cap white. There you go. And then the mind bomb from the seventies. With Kissinger. Where... Oh yeah. Kissinger <laughs> right there. Kissinger right there. <laughs> Kirby saw that. If you ever, I, I like that you put this in there. Did you notice the face? Yeah. The, um, so that's a Kirby face, and and John Romita was the editor, and he drew, drew the face right there. So yeah, I know. He often redid faces, but that's a classic. I had in grade school, I had that cover on a, a Mead folder in the first oh, grade. <laughs> Mead made those for school supplies. But uh, look at that full well, page. That's the other thing with you know trying to pick the cover images. Yeah. you know,
1: we wanted something contemporary, but really kind of classic at the same time.
0: Right, and here's the chapter two with the corporal. Good looking image there, and this is Ron Garney. I like Ron Garney stuff. From yeah, back in the, yeah. He he is a great artist that did the Spider-Man uh, back in black, where he took on the Kingpin. Yep, uh, mm-hmm. just a great stuff with him and Mark Wade was great. Oh, that that's a Superman pose, but it works. It does. <laughs> And you talk a bit about Sharon Carter coming back and Greg and Tim Hildebrandt with this one. I remember
1: that. Yeah. We, we not only do we have art from the comics, but we had, you know, we sometimes we got some variant covers or yep. additional promo art that they use for stuff. So yep.
0: Greg Hildebrandt. Yep. I think that was on their trading cards in the nineties when uh, the Hildebrands did the Marvel yep. masterworks. Those are so pretty. And that's our last, uh, cover image. So, um, Let's see if you want to ask some questions to us. Uh we're gonna wrap it up in about 10 minutes. But I want to talk a little bit about uh the Hulk book that's coming out. When is that coming out?
1: That's coming out um spring of next year. Okay. Uh, I'd have to look at the date real I've quick, I've
0: got I've got some I got a cover and if
1: a... you click on my author page, you'll see it there on Amazon.
0: I have it right
1: here. I think it's April. I think it's April, but I'm not 100 percent positive. Okay.
0: So, The World Breaker, Hero and Icon. Talk about this book coming up. April 25th, 2023. There we go. And that is a Canadian price, just so nobody has a heart attack. Okay. I'll pull up Amazon on it in a second. Talk about the Hulk book.
1: Again, it's, you know, it's... We we try to divide it up by... And I think we use, like, Gamma, Alpha, or something like that to to Mm -hmm. do levels. It's... um, Oh, no, we don't do it that way. I forget how we did it. Anyway, it's, again... You know, beginning with the origin story of the Hulk, um, the different versions of the Hulk—Red Hulk, Hulk She-Hulk—there's um, some really cute stuff in there about She-Hulk. Oh yeah, we were, it was—it was interesting when we were when I was writing the book. It was just announced that the TV show was coming out. Right. Um, so we, you know, we beefed it up a little bit to to add some presence for her. Yep. I think you'll enjoy the stories in this one. I don't I, give too I, much away.
0: I, I am a big Hulk's number two for me. Spider-Man then Hulk. So why is Hulk number two for you? Uh two words, Lou Ferrigno and Bill Bixby. <laughs> so I always oh, so watch the TV show that really did it for you. Oh, the TV show. Well, you, I'd watch uh Spider-Man and um on um the electric company in the 70s, and then Friday nights I'd watch Bill Bixby and <laughs> Lou Ferrigno, and when I went to the gas station. And I saw Spider-Man and the Hulk on a comic book. It blew my mind as a little kid. These are my two favorites fighting that's together. Right. So that's sealed it for me with the Hulk. How about you? So, how, did, how did you enjoy it first get introduced? Was it Bill Bixby or the 60s cartoon? No, it's the comics.
1: I was reading the, the comics.
0: comics. Okay. I didn't really watch the show that much.
1: Okay. Um, what, actually, recently when um, when I was writing it, I went and bought the Blu-ray of the complete series and started watching it. Yep. Um, what did you think of the film versions of
0: Hulk? Uh, I can't stand the Ang Lee one. <laughs> I just cannot stand that one. Uh, I like the Ed Norton one. Um, the Hulk the, that I love was seen in Thor Ragnarok, where he talked. He was badass. Uh, the Hulk in the last two Avengers movies is not my favorite. Uh, I like him just being mean and green and. Not a professor. (laughs) So what do you
1: think about the, I mean, some people say like the Hulk is a little bit about, you know, split personality.
0: Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. He was traumatized as a kid and he had uh, that even separated. I love scenes and they've never done it with the exception of the Bixby series where he goes into the mind. And in the Bixby series, at one point he's in a desert and the Hulk is in a jail and the Hulk is trying to get out. Mm -hmm. And then Bixby keeps running away and the Hulk is right behind him. So I think in the films, it would be great to do a mental scene of the gray Hulk and the green Hulk and and Banner talking. So in in the comics, do you
1: like it better when the Hulk is one or when he split up into Banner
0: and Hulk? I like I like the no I don't like I like them being uh two people so um like physically two people physically two well I mean he transforms into I guess one is the answer well, there's, so, there are
1: stories where he is physically two people
0: exactly yeah John Byrne did it back in the 80s where he uh, separated him no I like yeah, I like the, the first du- time, yeah I like the duality of it I like him if he gets angry he turns. But he also mentally talks to the Hulk like, "Really, I want control. No, I've got control." I'm, it's a it's a juggling match in his brain, which I like. Mm-hmm. I don't liking him uh, working with the Hulk. <laughs> I like it being a fight mentally, and that's just my personal take. But uh, okay, yeah,
1: there was uh, a what, I remember there was a Hulk video game years ago that was kind of fun. Ultimate basically- destruction. Yeah, you could just mash things. You could throw a cow if you wanted to.
0: It, that's where they got in the second movie where they did the thing where they had to rip the car. You could rip the car in that video game and put it on your hands. And when I saw that oh, in the I movie, did, right. I was... I, I haven't I, played this in years. Yeah, yeah, it was on PlayStation 2. I had that. And it was yeah. fun. Uh, a comic writer who I've interviewed wrote that game. Paul Jenkins is his name. He did the Inhumans. Oh, I that for
1: sure. Yeah,
0: yeah. He, he wrote that video game. So yeah. and he was writing... He wrote Hulk a couple years before that video game, but uh, Paul's a great guy, but I love that video game. I'm, I'm nice to talk to somebody that knows that video game. <laughs> uh, we yeah, have your you biggest fan, help. Ultimate Ultimate Spider Plush, says that Hulk book is coming out on my birthday. So that's how they plan it. <laughs> and um, Matt wants to know about how many pages each book is. Um, uh, they're 228. 228. Yep. So like All we again. said, it's a big coffee table type book. you can see it right there. Very thick book. Great for the, the heavy holidays. Paper, printed, or,
1: in it, printed in Italy. Oh, nice. Um, really great print job. Just, you know, gorgeous design on it. You know, I'm very proud of these. Yeah, they're really pretty. And,
0: and Trayvon says, can't, can't wait to read it. And how many more are coming, you said? Uh, right now we're doing a total of five. So we five. got the two that are out, Cap
1: and Spider-Man Hulk. And then two more after that. Uh, I'm starting to write the fourth one right now.
0: Okay. That Will that come out later next year or is it going to be? Um, it might be coming out. It's to be determined it might be fall of
1: next year. We'll figure okay. it out. Um, cool. I'm actually going to Frankfurt Book Fair next week. So I downloaded a bunch of the comics on the app. So how I'm writing it right now. I've, I've got a little device that I can write and it turns it into text, with my handwriting.
0: Oh, oh that's cool.
1: Yeah, so I can have the iPad here with the comics and read them, and you know make notes and start writing it as I go. So that's right. what I'll be doing on this you know five six hour flight
0: to Germany next week. Well, there you go, there you go. Yeah. Well, well, it's been a pleasure. Hopefully, you can come back when and we talk about the Hulk book. I'm just a big Absolutely, fan. It's Brad. not called the Hulk yeah. crawl space, but I can talk Hulk all day.
1: That's all right. <laughs>
0: well, I'll, I'll be there. It's been a pleasure. Right. Brad. Well, Rich, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for coming on, man. You're welcome. Take care. Bye bye that's a wrap on this episode a big thanks to rich for talking to us if you'd like to check out his book i put some uh, links in the show notes uh to amazon where you can pick it up uh the spider-man book the spider-man icon book and also the captain america icon book i read both of them great reads and i think they'd make a good holiday present. If to check them out again the links are below in the description of this episode I also want to thank people that uh, logged on to our Patreon and supported us at Patreon.com/CrawlSpace, and they get a big shout out at the end of the episode. So, a big thanks goes out to Gene, Ghost Spider 2018, Jr., and Robert Scott Swinkman, Beautiful Vosh, Adam, Brian, Cyberweasel, Frazetta Hulk, Frederick, Jacob, James, Jesse, John, Bob, John P, Josh, Kelly, Laura, Matthew. Kyle, Matthew Roberts, Noah, Ryan, Sarah, Scott, F Scott M, Will, hashtag something good for you. AJ, Andrew, Dowd, Datboy, Donnie, Haskimo. I'ma skip this one. Ira, J, JB, Jared, John, Curtis, Milo, 17, Mitzi 86, Patrick, Ryan, Sailor Sega, Steven, Stuart, Bro, and Toby Z. Again, thanks to each and every one of them for signing up for our Patreon and getting some behind the scenes, exclusive episodes swag and a Discord server, yep, they get it all at patreon.com crawlspace and again, check out Rich's book, links in the show notes we'll be back next time, gang hope you enjoyed it